2: everybody and welcome to the night fly with dave Juscal, final podcast of 2018 hello and welcome to just you and me the way we like it after two months of guest stars unbelievable podcasting and good times it comes back down to you and me after two months of just you and me and we certainly have mixed it up in the past couple of months and here we are In December, the final days of 2019. This podcast coming out on Tuesday, December 18th. And then a break. Because this podcast comes out on Tuesdays and Christmas Day and New Year's Day are on Tuesdays. We're taking a two-week break, which is odd for the night fly. Oh, my God. Listen, I am sitting back in my chair. I'm trying this new microphone that I had my niece use and Adam Schlesinger uh, the new kind of Howard Stern-like mic where it's just headphones and a microphone where I am sitting back in my chair comfortably talking to you. I'm, I'm a little confused. I don't know where my mind is. I, I don't know whether I'm also uh, too loud or, or whatever. I can't really tell because this, not that this is interesting or anything, but I can't plug my thing into where I can actually, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Hopefully everything will be okay and uh, obviously I'll see and then we'll get it fixed up by... Next year and everything will be like the whole thing never happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I can't I can't turn it down. This is the best I can do. How are you everybody? Nice to see y'all. Thanks for being here. Hope you're having a great holiday season. So how about these last couple of weeks, huh? I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, we have really put some unbelievable shows together, haven't we? You and I? And now here we are. By ourselves. Could I have invited a guest over? You're damn right I could have. But I said it was so funny. I mean, it's like I promised. We were doing the two months because my hair was all messed up, and I wasn't feeling right, I'm much better now. I mean, I'm better. My hair is still a a disaster. I mean, it's not a disaster. It it looks like the whole thing never happened, but it's all, like, pimply up top, which is gross, and it makes me so self-conscious it's like I needed like another thing to feel bad about myself. I know it'll go away, so it's not that bad, but, oh, it's gross for me. People are like, no, I can't tell, but uh, I can tell. And it's just like, you know, hey, you don't need hair, but I'm like, I can tell. So the whole thing for doing it in the first place is a disaster. Mm. Oh, plus, my, my coffee place like closed. As I knew it would sooner or later, I had to go to the other place. And I don't know, uh, hey, 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 whatever. I'm not in a bad mood today or anything. I'm just having a good time. Try this new microphone out. What do you think? I hope it's okay. I mean, everybody has sounded pretty good in it. Uh, my niece being the first one to use it. So anyway, I just hope it's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to do it. But I got to say, I am relaxing in this beautiful chair. Uh, like it's a nice chair, not the one I give my guests. You know, which is a bag of crap chair. I got to get them better chairs. Because you've got to be more comfortable if you're relaxing. It's like, I wish I had given this microphone to David Tell last week. Because he doesn't like to talk into the microphone. He doesn't have time for nonsense. And again, I still don't understand it. But I guess it is a burden to have to keep getting up and talking into the microphone. Now, I don't mind it. But I guess other people do. So this microphone solves all my problems. Anyway, with regards to my hair, um, you know, I was having all those problems and everything. But I, obviously, I feel much better. I mean, it really was a thing. If you think about the, the months from the hair, from September to October, we we must have done like eight podcasts just by ourselves. And then as promised, I mean, I gave you everything I promised. It was unbelievable. I mean, I had the list and, and nothing went awry. It, it's kind of a small miracle. I mean, the previous podcast, we had Rachel Feinstein on October 31st. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so we had six podcasts. Um, We had Rachel Feinstein on October 31st. That was our first guest after, you know, from September to October. Then we had uh, David Katz from the Carney Awards. I'm just uh, fixing my mic so it doesn't go on my shirt. Uh, David Katz from the Carney Awards, which uh, did anybody see the Carney Awards? Did you get to see it? Well, it's only in New York, right? So. I guess it should be coming on the decades channel soon. It was kind of fun. It is so. I have to tell him, dude. the 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 awards are fun. You got to mic the audience. You can't have somebody like Patton Oswalt go up where it looks like he's bombing because you can't hear the laughs. Uh, It's kind of unacceptable. You got to mic the audience. I got to let him know. Otherwise, they were really fun. It's just hard, but it's like you know we Donnie Most opened the show. We were playing some of his songs. He's horrible i I don't know i mean it's it's hilarious to have him do it, so it doesn't matter, but he he was bad, I think I don't know, I don't want to be rude, but uh otherwise, it certainly was fun. it was very exciting, as you know I mean a lot of people said, "Oh my God, could you kiss Adam schlesinger's ass anymore I know, I know, but when you know and then i what is the example I use and my friend rich Duffy called me the other day and 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 you know I've known him for years, and he's been he moved out to uh The West Coast, I think we're doing around San Francisco or something, Sacramento, I don't know, somewhere in Northern California where I can never see him because I'll never go there, not LA, which then I could see him once in a while, Uh, but he's been listening to the podcast and and he told me, he's like, hey, you know, just like a lot of people were like, hey, are you going to blow Adam Schlesinger uh, next time you see him? But then we both decided we would get that giddy and excited and it would come off really gay. If we were in the presence of Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford being the best example, which I think I used to David Katz as the ultimate guy, I don't know any man, especially my age, would not get giddy over. And quite frankly, quite frankly, for any age at this point, because those movies just remain awesome. And when you're little, you know, even kids who are little now learning about, you know, Star Wars, how would you not want to meet Harrison Ford? and how much he meant to us as little boys, again, using the, you know, the, the the fact that Star Wars sucks without him. And although the last one I did not hate, uh, you know, it's funny that they just don't get, like the first three, that George Lucas was so stupid that he thought he could get away with making a Star Wars without Harrison Ford. It's funny that people don't get it. When you watch those four, five, and six and realize how amazing he is. And I'm not just talking about Manly. I know we talk about this a hundred times, but when you think about it, uh, how funny he was. I mean, how laugh out loud funny, let alone Manly. I mean, there's just nothing better than this guy just sitting around. He's a gambler. He's a troublemaker. He's an outlaw. He's good looking. I mean, he he's he's what... We wanted to be as little boys. It's like when you would hear your parents talk about you know Alan Ladd, except for his uh, height, or um, you know even Paul Newman. Well, that's not even a good example. It's somebody who had to be like in the in those serials in like the '30s or something when movies started. The stuff our fathers thought was great. Harrison Ford was our guy. That our you know that we wanted to be. I mean, there was nobody cooler than Han Solo. You know, we're not even talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, this guy is a miracle. So, yes, if he was on this podcast right now, I would be kissing his ass as much as Adam Schlesinger. But you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast for at least the last year or year and a half, you know how much I had been talking about Adam Schlesinger and his greatness. Um, So you're going to get the same thing when Amy Heckerling comes here. It's just be more awkward because it's a woman. And Amy Heckerling is coming in January. I still can't even believe it that all these people I've been talking about and how, how um, you know, I'm just like, wow, wouldn't it be great to get this podcast? They're actually coming to my house and being on the podcast. It's a, it's a goddamn miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. I mean, can you believe we've been we've been talking about Adam We weren't even friends at the time. I'm like, this guy's great. This guy's great. We're playing his music and this is the stuff he creates. And then he comes on the podcast and we can talk about it with him. I mean, that's something else. But anyway, yeah, so we had the David Catch the carneys, And then we had the 200th show at the Cellar, which I think was lots of fun. And if you listened, uh, you know, last week, then we did it at the Cellar again. Because we want wanted to have, you know, David Tell, it's a tradition to have him on Light the Menorah. We missed last year, but we didn't really miss it. He came out in January instead. So we made it more a birthday thing. He met Gilbert. But once a year, Dave knows he has to come on, even though he says this is the last year. Fuck him. He knows what he needs to do. (laughs) It's a tradition on Hanukkah for him to come over. And this time he's like, it'll be easier if you do it at the cellar. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can do that. I think I can continue to do podcasts there with guests maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, bringing to my house. They seem to like me there, thank God. And I'll tell you something. it's it's, It's a bloody miracle. When you think about the fact that I'm not like a comic, uh, really, uh, but uh, the, the the fortunate reputation stands, and they were like, well, Gnome isn't doing his podcast this week, but you can still do it here. We'll set it up for you. We'll set it up for you. They set it up just for me. It, it's unbelievable. And uh, I just couldn't be happier about it. It's really exciting I know I talk about it all the time, but it's like the only thing I got going on in my existence is that, you know, they like me at the comedy cellar and you know, until I blow it somehow by drinking or whatever it's gonna be, but that already happened. So hopefully nothing bad'll happen or I won't have a Louis moment or anything. And Louie's still welcome back there, so I guess everything's okay. But uh the two hundredth was lots of fun. I think it was a perfect way to celebrate two hundred podcasts. And then, of course, I had my niece and my sister on the worst show we ever do. But it's a tradition. I mean, I just I, I can't. That shows it stinks. The Thanksgiving show—it's always bad. What are you going to do? I mean, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Listen, that's it's a tradition too. It's a bad tradition. In fact, this year I was thinking of um, next year, thinking about doing something else because I'm not happy with the tradition of what we do, which is my you know my sister and the kids and. You know, my brother in law coming on Wednesday. We eat dinner somewhere. Then the girls come back to my house. We sleep. Uh, then we do the, we do the podcast in the morning this time, and then we go back out to her house. I I just you know what's funny when over over Thanksgiving, my mother and I felt similar. Like we just felt left out, and it's weird. I mean, I'm very close, as you know, with my sister and the and family. But we we both felt left out. I mean, the food was delicious. But then Liza's, like, friends came over, and we just felt left out. And uh, maybe I'll mix it up next year and do something else. Maybe, uh, you know, for years I had nothing to do, and I was uh, lonely on Thanksgiving and always looking for places to go because maybe my sister was away, and we certainly didn't celebrate with my parents. Maybe it's time to do that again if I can find somebody where it's a good time. Um, certainly not celebrating with Letterman again. Fuck him. I don't have to worry about that, but that podcast sucked. But then, yeah, the Schlesinger one was af- after that. We talked about that Monkey's Christmas album. I hope you had a chance to listen to it because it really was great. I wasn't, you know, I was only kissing his ass because it really is a great album and it's fun to listen to. And I listen to it all the time now. Um, that and the Vince Giraldi Christmas one. Lights, please. I know what it is, Charlie Brown. Anyway, so we had a Hanukkah podcast at the celery. I'm always nervous about lighting the manoeuvre and doing the prayers, but it tells, like, no, no, do it, do it. Uh, you know, you don't want to be too Jewy. Uh But uh, so Bob Golden, you know, interviewed that Billy Joel, and I stuck it in the middle there. He's got, like, seven minutes of it. Um, maybe we'll play some more when he comes on the show. We'll have him on separately. An interesting fellow. Uh so during these six weeks that you know we haven't had a chance to get together, I mean nothing's really well. We had the big Christmas spectacular, which was a, a complete success. You know how nervous I get about that kind of stuff, but it got sold out. Um, you know, so there's money for the hair fund, and uh, but it was really successful. Uh, of course, the last-minute nonsense. I mean, I you know I feel bad in a little bit, but jessica kurson called the day of like hey my father died i can't do it i'm like oh you gotta be kidding me yes pretty good excuse that i found out that a stepfather and i'm like wait a minute uh no i know but i was just like oh you gotta be kidding so i'm scrambling around scrambling around but totally worked out judah friedlander called and said hey it looks like i can do it so he did it and uh So it was great. And Melissa Villasenor totally showed up. She didn't do that great a job, but she was on first, and it didn't matter because, you know, you have somebody from Saturday Night Live there, and her imitations are terrific. Her comedy, you know, stand-up, not so much. It's not really her fault. That's not her strong point. Still having her there was terrific. Marina was great. Marina killed it because they were kind of starving for comedy after that, so Marina was Amazing. And um, and we opened, so we opened with Matteo singing the first Noel. Like that's how it opened, you know. Just the lights came on, no announcement, and Matteo was sitting there uh, with Rick playing the piano. It was really great. And then I come out, and I'm like, "Well, I have it. Actually, I could um, probably play it for you." But I thought I, well, yeah, I can play it for you. Let's do it. was a risky move to open a show like that at a comedy show but i said what the hell you know what i'm saying it was a, a a nice moment and then i come on from the from the back of the room with the with the god microphone and i thought it would be more fun that way like i really didn't have that much to do so it was perfect <laughs> everybody
1: in our little town to keep the separation between church and state our christmas celebration here at school has been stripped of the greetings that we use so we don't offend the muslims atheists and jews (laughs) hopes that we can all get along, let's have a happy non-specific winter celebration, let's hang whatever on a non-specific tree, let's put up the mistletoe, it's pretty, I assure you though, it's not promoting Christianity.
2: It's, it's so great. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, if it's Christmas, I, I get it, You always get nervous because people are such dicks and like, I just want to see comedy. I mean, you say it's a Christmas spectacular. I don't know what they would be expecting. So it's kind of fun. We just opened up with music like right away. No comedy, and I think if it's Christmas time, and you're just having a good time, and everybody's there, I think they were having a good time. I think people really enjoyed the show. I don't think I'm crazy. Um, I mean, that was fun. I know it's like cabaret, and of course, you know, it's my cup of tea, but whatever, right? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, doesn't that sound like a fun time? You know it does, uh, but you know, I used to get nervous. People are like, what the hell is this, but... I think everybody knew what they were in for. My mother came. She loved it. My mother loved it, everyone. And then uh, me and Mateo did that. I told you we were going to do that David Bowie, uh, Bing Crosby song, but she played Liza Minnelli. I could play that for you, too.
0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, are you having a good time so far, some of the holiday traditions here that we all grew up with. And we're all familiar, of course, with that, that uh, very iconic video of the duet of Little Drummer Boy with David Bowie and Bing Crosby. You've all seen this on the YouTube machine? Yep. Yes. Well, we wondered, we were thinking about it, what would have happened if Bing Crosby had met, uh, or David Bowie had uh, met uh, Liza Manelli instead of oh, uh, Bing Crosby? <laughs> <laughs> and, And we'd like to show you how that would have gone. Please welcome to the stage, uh, David Bowie and Liza Minnelli, everybody.
0: (laughs) Hello. (laughs) You the new butler? Oh, Steve, it's been such a long time. I've been to new anything. I'm David Bowie. I live down the road. Percival is me use his piano when he's not around. Well, I can honestly say, I haven't seen him, but come in, please. You're related to Percival? Well, distantly. You're not that poor relation from America, are you? <laughs> You're a delight. <laughs> Boy, news sure travels fast, and that's why I always tell people to stop for uh, the What now? The news. Oh, right, right. No idea what you're talking about. Well, I'm Liza. That's Liza with a Z. Yes, I, I know it's with a Z. What else would it be with? <laughs> Are you the one that sings, right? Well, Mama was the one that sang. I do everything. Well, I sing too. Oh, good for you. What kind of singing? I mostly do the contemporary stuff. Um, do you like modern music? I think it's swell. It's really a lot of fun. But tell me, do you ever listen to any of the older gals? Oh yeah, sure. You mean like, uh, Alanis Morissette? Or, um, the other one, the one with uh, the nipple slip, uh, Janet Jackson? You need to go back that far, huh? Uh, I'm not as young as I look. Well, who is, darling? In fact, I've got a six-year-old son who really gets excited around the Christmas holiday thing. Well, you go in for any traditional things in the, uh, Bowie household? Bo- Bowie. Bowie household during Christmas time.
2: Most of them, you know, presents, tree decorations, agents sliding down the chimney. What? I was just seeing if you were paying attention. You look a little whacked out. Yeah, fucked up my knee.
0: Actually, I want to do the things that most other families do in the same songs. Oh, do you? You even had a go at New York, New York once. Oh, is that right? Well, no one does that but me. Oh, you do that? I thought it was a Sinatra classic. Well, no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, and this one, this is my son's favourite. Do you know this one? I do indeed. It's a lovely <laughs> song.
1: to see (laughs) our finest gifts we bring her So the of glory, uh,
0: rum, tum, tum. see, to the lay day before day the
1: king new uh, the every child <laughs>
0: must be, be made
1: aware, aware. Every child Must be, be made to, made to care. care Care enough For his fellow man, fellow
2: man to, give to give All the love, the love That he can I pray for my the
1: wish baby. Will come true <laughs> For my then he child at me. And your child You'll see I'll see the day of glory. Pa-rum, 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 pa-rum. See I'll the play day my best for him for good pa-rum, will, pa-rum, peace, never peace again. Pa-rum, pa-rum, peace on earth. And then he smiled at
0: me. Haram, can it be? Haram,
2: Well, (laughs) I could play my whole thing because, you know, me, but uh, (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Damn Liza Vanelli. he cracks me up. It's unbelievable. I don't know why. How is that not fun? I mean, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. It was weird. That was weird. But, you know, Mateo makes it fun and. You know, you get to sing a little number. That was the only thing I did in the whole show. It was brilliant. That's all I had to do. I got off. I bring people on. I bring people off. Uh, the uh, whole thing writes itself. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, then we had uh, Chris Stefano and Judah. And then at the end, ATEL came on and did like 10, 15 minutes. So, I mean, oh, and Sam Morel came up because he had to practice his uh, James Corden set and he was brilliant because he only did four minutes and 50 seconds and was perfect because he just had to practice the set. So uh, he was great. So, I mean, what a spectacular show it was. I also have uh, Adam's song that he did, which was great. He did it with Rick. Rick's such a pro. He learned it in a day. Uh, and Adam wrote this for Stephen Colbert about 10 years ago for Stephen Colbert's Christmas special. And him and John Stewart did it. And it's called Can I Interest You in Hanukkah? And uh, I actually didn't really get to hear it that much because I was walking around doing stuff. So I was going to listen to it now, if it's okay with you guys. Sam Morrell, everybody. Sam Morrell. That should do well on television. Well done, Sam. Well, now to give uh, Rick Chrome a little break from the piano. We're going to bring him up, but not to play. We will introduce now my friend... From Fountains of Wayne, Adam Schlesinger and Rick Cone. This is great. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.
1: We have uh, uh, Adam and I have known each other for a long time. Since about when? Uh... 6
0: p.m. this evening. 6 p.m. this <laughs> evening.
1: Yeah, uh, act that. and uh, he said well and we didn't have really a lot of time to rehearse so he said well let's do some holiday songs and, he, and I said that's great you know we don't even need to rehearse whatever a plays I know every holiday song and every, any Christmas song you got um, I can just jump right in so go right ahead do whatever you want
0: I, I will do that but unfortunately the only holiday song that I really have is not really a Christmas song so are you cool with that? you want to just follow me with that one? Or,
1: that yeah sure right? it would be, be awkward if I didn't okay. this one.
0: Interest you in Hanukkah? Maybe something in a festival of lights. It's a sensible, sensible alternative to Christmas. Last for seven for you tonight. I've
1: never considered Hanukkah. You could do worse. Is it Mary?
0: I wouldn't know from Jolly But it's not my least unfavorite time of year
1: Well, did it start? The 25th Of December? Kislev Which is when exactly?
0: <laughs> I'll have to check
1: Other <laughs> presents?
0: Yes indeed, eight days of presents Which means one nice one And then a week of drag yeah.
1: Does Hanukkah commemorate events profound and holy, a king that came to save the world.
0: No, oil that burned quite slowly. (laughs)
1: Sounds fantastic. But wait, there's more. We have latkes. What are they? Potato
0: pancakes. We have treadles. What are they? Wooden tops. We have candles. What are they? Fucking candles. Them the fun, it never stops. What do
1: you say, Rick, you want to
0: give Hanukkah a shot this year?
1: I'm trying to see me as a Jew. I'm trying even harder. But I believe in Jesus Christ, so it's a real non-starter.
0: Guess I can't interest you.
1: Your potato pancakes (laughs) But I hope that you enjoy them On behalf of all the goyim Uh,
0: Be sure to tell the pontiff That my people say good yontiff
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I'll do
2: Stuff. Hey, you know, hey, hey, they can't all be gems. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? No, it was really fun. I mean, I know it sounds like a cabaret club, it just sounds so gay, <laughs> but you know, this is what Dave Jusco likes. He likes the show tune aspect, he can't help himself. Do you know what I'm doing tomorrow? Do you know what people I'm doing tomorrow? I'm seeing King Kong on Broadway. I'm singing King Kong. Do you know why? Because how can I not see King Kong? That's going to be hilarious. I haven't heard anything about it. I've heard no songs. But if there's going to be a giant puppet, then Dave just got was in. Now, my the way I'm seeing it, first of all, I got cheap tickets, like 65 bucks apiece. You know what I'm saying? These are normally $180. So that's the way you see a show like this. Uh, would I ever go? I mean, I know nothing about it. I've heard nothing. Would I? Would anyone ever go to see King Kong on Broadway? If it wasn't, if it was a $180 ticket, I'm going to say no. Um, there's, you know, it says the SpongeBob thing all over again or Pretty Woman, all these crappy shows. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a worthwhile 180 show in a long time, obviously, since I almost didn't want to mention Dear Evan Hansen, since we did about 30 podcasts on that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going. And uh, tomorrow... I don't know what to expect, but I do know that when I saw Rocky, the musical, which was one of the worst musicals I've ever seen in my life, and I've told you about this before, that last 20 minutes was completely worth $180. Now, I only paid $90 for a ticket for that one, so it was completely worth sitting through an hour and 45 minutes of crap and then um, totally enjoying... Uh, the last 20 minutes, which just, you know, is the fight. And it was a miracle, and the way they did it was a miracle, and it was so much fun. So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen now, that when people say, you know, that years from now, I'd just be like, oh, did you guys ever see King Kong? It's one of those things I'm like, oh, you guys didn't see Rocky? It's like you want to, it's like I don't even want to, I don't even know if I liked it. No, I do. I just, but I like to tell people I saw it. I like to talk about it. I'm fascinated by it. I can't imagine leaving that theater singing a song. I am King Kong. <laughs> it's going to be so stupid. But, you know, again, Dave Jessica loves puppets, even though Memo has ruined everything for me. More on that later. Um, So then uh, Clueless opened the musical, opened on Off-Broadway today. Uh, I heard from Amy Heckerling a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Saturday. She's like, I'm really busy with this. But the show closes January 19th. They have a very limited run, and that's why she said I'll be able to do the podcast in January February. So it's beautiful. She's totally going to do it. But i got to see this play. So uh, Violet Ramus was kind enough to come to the Spectacular show, so hopefully uh, I'll be able to get tickets. So I think it might be sold out already because it's like a small theater and a limited run. So obviously I have to see Clueless the Musical. I mean, obviously I have to see Clueless the Musical. I mean, who am I? Am I Dave Juskow or am I not Dave Juskow? Hello? You can't just play the show tunes I just played for you and say, oh, I have a clue. big deal. Everybody knows what I like. And uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Huh? What are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? He's worried. What's he worried about? Yeah, he thinks we're going to get caught. I told you not to buy anything or do anything to call attention I'm doing Goodfellas now. I go back and forth. I go back and forth from the manly movies to the gay ones. That is what I do. That's my thing. That all being said, that's that's all I have planned for the holiday season. Um, I, yeah, I have no other plans. I was uh, you know obsessed with the, the Christmas Spectacular, making sure everything was okay. Why I don't do that show every month or something, uh, I don't know. But whatever, you know, the plan is to do Annie in February because, you know, I just want to gay it up even more. What the hell's As I'm saying it, I realize I'm gay sounding. Um, but I, I didn't want to do it because I don't think it's going to sell very much. But, uh, well, you know, I like doing it. What do you want to do? Said, what do you want to do? And um, then Back to the Future and then we'll do another show. Maybe in between, I'll just do another show. I don't know. Right? Just keep doing shows. What am I doing? That's right. I didn't have to do anything. I just got to get the people together in one place without a bunch of douchebags keep switching on me. And then, of course, the douchebagginess of like, can I go on early? Can I go on later? Can I go on early? God, comics suck. Why can't they just be like me? I have one thing to do tonight, and that's it. Oh, and I'll tell you something. Oh, that's what I wanted to play. It was on my phone. i don't get it next time. So I am sitting at the bar by myself. Everybody left early, and I was just... I ended the night by myself, 5 in the morning, uh, at the bar, at the cellar, and they were playing Annie, but like the rap version, uh, Jay-Z version, and uh, it was just kind of funny, I'm like, oh, it's foreshadowing my next bit, and it's funny, because my friend John Vitti always comes in from Boston, I tell you this all the time, my friend John Vitti from Boston Globe always comes in by train to see the shows, he couldn't come in this time, it was just uh, it was a weird time of the year, And he always comes in, and I don't always have a lot of time to talk to him because there's other people hanging around, and he's there. So I feel like an idiot because he comes all that way, but you know, I just hang out with him until he's got to go. And many times, he's got to go, and I'm still partying. So ironically, everybody left at around, I don't know, when the show was over, maybe 10 o'clock. Everybody left like around 1230 where I would have had two hours to talk to him, (laughs) and this time he didn't come. So uh, that was kind of funny, too, in a way. Funny not na-ha-ha. Ha. It's not funny ha-ha, but it's funny nonetheless. Um, so also this past weekend was SantaCon. SantaCon, I don't know whether it's all over the country, but it certainly is here. Uh, I try. It's actually one of those times I try not to leave the house. It's absolutely horrible. And if you want to feel like an old person uh be here with Santa Con and start complaining. And I would say really after 24 everybody hates Santa Con. That's how you know young it is. Everybody dresses up. I've talked about this every year. They everybody dresses up in Santa costumes and they just drink till they puke. It's like St. Patrick's Day. It's another St. Patrick's Day. So uh, one of the Brooklyn City Councilmen tweeted, "Being in Midtown during Santa Con makes me want to restore higher penalties for public urination for just one day." And they quote this lady I was uh, I mean, people just hate it, you know. I wasn't sure if anybody else hated it, but me. So last year, I was walking from the comedy cellar to my house. I must have seen four Santas puking on the street. Definitely at least three, but I really think there was four on my way all the way up. We're talking about, I guess, you know, fifty blocks or so. I was walking about six o'clock at night, five or six o'clock at night. They were already pissed drunk. So this count, uh, right? The council. So this. Uh, woman. She, I mean, this is a real... I mean, she sounds like a party pooper, but I feel the same way, but I wouldn't want to put it in the post. You know what I mean? She goes, these hooligans... <laughs> if you're going to use that, then you are an old person. These hooligans use it as an excuse to get wasted and terrorize our city. They're drunk from 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. the next day. Uh, They parade past her Midtown East apartment. That is exactly where I live. They're all in the 50s on 2nd Avenue. That's where they all are, right in my neighborhood. I don't know why SantaCon is huge in this particular neighborhood, which is really kind of a sleepy neighborhood. Uh, At 8 a.m., they're already throwing up. They pee on the street. Nothing is more disturbing than seeing drunk Santas and slutty elves first thing in the morning. I'm going to disagree with the slutty elves. That's ironically my favorite part. Because when I was... I went out to get a cup of coffee. I mostly stayed in Saturday, but I went out to get a cup of coffee... And I already saw the the hottest girls. I mean, it's it's hot. It's just the the boys you don't want to see in the. Um, uh, so this woman <laughs> went out only to walk her Chihuahua during SantaCon, but even that is enough to witness drunken sidewalk brawls. I mean, I, saw, I told you I went out for ten minutes and I saw exactly what she's talking about. I've seen attendees get violent. You see all these girls passed out in the street almost like a date rape waiting to happen. It's a nightmare, she said. This one lady interviewed, you know. Uh, Like just somebody in my neighborhood. It also has led to 24-hour alcohol bans on the Long Island Railroad and Metro North trains, as well as some city businesses, among them Thompson Square Bagels in the East Village, barring drunk Santas, which is uh, hilarious. Uh, They have uh, signs on their, like, places uh, say, Jingle All The Way Somewhere Else, and they have just, you know, the Ghostbusters with the line through it, circle with the Santa, you know, go somewhere else. Uh, But then there's Charlene Smith flew to NYC from her native Scotland last year to attend her first SantaCon, and the 45-year-old vintage fashion model was horrified. Yeah, it is not for old people. And when I say old, I'm saying maybe over 24 Clad in red velvet Santa's helper, costume, Smith, had to fend off unwanted advances. Duh. One guy got really frisky and overstepped his bounds. She says a fellow, he came over to me and was pretty forward, touching me and pulling me. The aggressive Santa kissed her, and that's when his wife stormed over. She was furious. Like the plague, the horror has spread across the Hudson River. Last year's Hoboken SantaCon resulted in 17 arrests, including a woman charged with aggravated assault for allegedly punching an officer in the face. Uh, And this year's Hoboken event takes place this, uh, well, when this comes out, last Saturday. So they they do it in two different weekends. I thought they had banned it in Hoboken. Uh, Here's a guy, owner of Zeppelin Hall in Jersey City, recalled an incident a couple of Santa cons ago when he walked into the bar's basement and caught a partially robed elf and Father Christmas about to have sex. I kicked them out. Nobody apologized. The girl just giggled and pulled up her outfit. I mean, that's hot. Uh, last year, a SantaCon uh, partier projectile vomited in the bar. People think it's a license for excess, putting on these outfits. Still, there is the occasional happy ending. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's not taking it. the The girl who was saying all those things, she's not taking any chances. I'm going to Sri Lanka during SantaCon. She says I want to be as far away as possible. It really is a thing. It's kind of funny. It's... um. It's a nightmare. It really is. Uh, But at least they're young and cute. It's not like St. Patrick's Day where everybody's kind of just gross. Um, SantaCon is full of hot girls. But, you know, they're just disgusting. And it's just you don't want to be outside and forget about catching a cab. I I, I can't imagine the cabs. Well, now they have Uber, so it doesn't really matter. But, oh, my God, SantaCon. And again, there's no way to not feel like an old man when you're just like, these kids have to stop this kind of excessive drinking. But at least it's not just me. But let's face it, everybody who lives in Manhattan, which is why, I really do think I can win Manhattan for a president. I'm not stopping SantaCon. And I'm not stopping St. Patrick's Day. I'm only stopping the stupid parade. If they have a parade during SantaCon, I'm putting an end to it. But if Santa Claus kind of wants to go out and they want to get drunk every year, what do I care, you know? just I just try and stay in. I stay in for St. Patrick's Day. I'm not talking about that. I'm only talking about the stupid parades which bother the shit out of me, as everybody knows. I'll do something about it eventually. Like I said, let's see what happens when you get the hair. Let's see how it all comes to fruition when the hair comes in. Uh, I was also reading today there's an Ohio woman who was corresponding with the Charleston, South Carolina church killer, you know, that Dylan Roof who killed all those, horribly killed all those people in church, and he was busted. Uh, but but the good news is this woman, who was only 23, was busted before she committed a mass murder at a Toledo bar. Her house was full of bombs and guns. And you know what I was thinking when I was reading this? I'm like, that. you know, that's great news i bet you this happens more than we know i bet you even though nowadays it's so weird these mass murders like remember what happened at the temple in pittsburgh which is pretty much the latest one i didn't even know what happened and then two days later it's kind of old news because they're so common nowadays you know not in pittsburgh but around the country it becomes old news unless it happens in your neighborhood or you know somebody that it happened to it's it's an unfortunate thing that's happening in, uh, I don't know, just our country or the world. I'm not really sure where where it's the worst, I think, here. But I, I was thinking today, I'm like, but you know, I think it could be so much worse. I think there's a lot of people involved. I mean, it's just like with the terror attacks. I mean, we probably don't even know half of the attacks the police and the FBI thwart. You, we only know the ones that happen, they're probably stopping, you know, 50 attacks a month or something. Who knows? I bet you, you know, this was just a very small article in the paper today that I happened to read, and I bet you these guys stop more stuff than we could possibly imagine, and when these things happen and they kill 12 or 13 people, I don't know, maybe we have to be grateful it's only 12 or 13 people. I mean, it's horrible. But I think it could be that much worse. I think people are well, they're just insane. But thank God we have these you know, the police that are on it, especially the New York City police are really good. And uh the FBI and stuff, and as much as you want to make fun of the police, think about what they gotta do. They gotta like police the area for just regular people, old school. It's like it's like it's like if you're Superman, I mean, are you really gonna thwart a robbery? Or are you taking on a supervillain? These police have to police regular people, and then these kind of people who are planning stuff. I can't even imagine. I don't like to think about it. I I remember many years ago, like eighty-seven. I was working at New York Newsday, and and my job was to type in all the news that was happening. I remember the lady who was in charge. A lady in charge. That's hilarious. But somehow she got a job being in charge in 87. I don't know how that happened. And she and she said to me, that's fucked up shit, right? And I'm like, yeah. You know, there's only learning all this stuff that, you know, you probably don't see half of it in the paper. You know, what they choose to even put in the paper. Like I said, it was a small article. It's so strange. And I don't know if you saw 60 Minutes. It was so awesome. Elon Musk was saying, I do not respect the SEC. He said it right on television. It was awesome. And you know what? He's completely right. The SEC is such full of shit They do a lot of good, I guess, in regulating, but we know they're stupid. I deal with them on almost a daily basis, and when I call over there, I mean, they're really stupid. And why should he respect the SEC? They're probably bothering a guy like him for no reason when they're missing a lot of stuff, and we all know that they missed a bunch of stuff in 2008, let alone Bernie Madoff. So why should he respect the SEC? Unfortunately, now they're probably going to come down on hard of him because he said it, but I'm with him. How can you respect this horrible institution that doesn't seem to be doing a lot of good? And they miss a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you, if you if you ever call over there, try calling over there. They're in DC. I'm sure you can get the number. It's very easy to get. And just ask a couple of questions and see how many times they transfer You're like, gee, I don't know that answer. Uh let me put you over to this guy. You know, it's like that. And then it's and then it's kind of terrifying knowing that they're in charge of the financial institution. Of this great country of ours. And once again, I was on Fox News last week. And I was on with the prettiest girl. You know, they're all so hot. This girl was amazing. Uh, It's just so funny. I love doing Tom Chalhoux's show. It's so much fun. We just talk about total nonsense. And I love every minute of it. And uh blah, blah, blah. My... uh Cleaning lady quit this week for after 17 years. I don't understand after 17 years of dedicated service. I don't understand this betrayal. So I'm uh, I was like kind of freaking out that I'm gonna have to get somebody new. I mean, this woman has cleaned my underwear for the past 17 years. It's hard to break in somebody like that. Somebody I trust, I mean, I really even see her. I probably only see her once a year. You know, I leave and she comes in, she's got a key, I can completely trust her. I was able to trust her with my cat. And everything she does a horrible job, and she's an idiot. But she was good and trustworthy, and that's hard to find in a cleaning lady. Trustworthy is hard to find in a cleaning lady because the ones I had before her used to sell booze and ties. I used to steal my ties. Are you kidding? But anyway, on last week's show at the cellar, I was talking about the lingerie bowl because I can't even believe. It still exists. I also talked about it on Fox News the other day uh, because they're talking about bringing back. Well, they're they're doing it. They're bringing back the XFL. Do you remember that one? In 2020, they're bringing back the XFL, which means after Super Bowl Sunday, the new XFL season is going to start. This was it's Vince McMahon, you know, the wrestler guy. He's trying again to bring back another football, uh, you know. I think he's feeling that the NFL ratings are suffering and all this stuff. And maybe there's a chance that people will watch football from February to August. Um, So I don't know. You know, who cares? I think there's a they don't have team names yet. You're allowed to name the teams, but uh, there's going to be a New York, New Jersey one and everything. So I was thinking about the because I still have my Orlando rage jacket from the old XFL from the 90s. Uh, but this got me thinking about the lingerie ball. And then I always look it up, and I'm like, that can't still be gone. Because I used to watch it. on. They used to have it on TV. Well, it's still going strong. It's only now it's called the Legends Football League, the LFL. And I looked it up, and I swear to God, the, the 2019 schedule in this day and age, mind you. Remember, these are girls that play football in complete lingerie at the major stadiums in the country. In lingerie, there's a picture. They look amazing, and they have uh, they have. It's amazing. It's uh, I'm just looking for the champion. Okay, it's a 19 week season, and it starts on April 5th. They have a lot of games in Canada. Oh, it's not nine. It's oh, it's, just, so it's there's three bye weeks, and there's only one game a weekend. Uh, so it looks like they play on Fridays and Saturday nights, which is brilliant. And I cannot deny, I am thinking of making a trip. I, I've only been to Colorado once when well, they play in Colorado. So they're playing. Um, the first game is Ontario, Canada. I ain't going there. Then Illinois. Oh, then there's a Colorado in uh, April. I don't know why I picked June. Are they playing? Yeah. I guess I could go in April. Uh, Texas, Washington, Ontario again, Ralston, N-E-, NE, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's Nebraska, <laughs> uh, Colorado, Georgia, Duluth, they have one in Nashville, Tennessee, um, I guess that's in Canada, Nebraska, Illinois, I mean, look where they're playing, you know, it's ridiculous. And then the best part is the championships are in Canada, but... The cup finals, which the Chicago Bliss has won four years in a row, as I mentioned uh, last week, is in Johannesburg, South Africa. So that's hilarious. So I was thinking, what could be better? I was talking about it last week, but I'm actually serious. Why not go Saturday, June 8th? You know, what are you doing June 8th? Go to Colorado at the Budweiser Event Center. Where is that? that? Isn't that where somebody? I don't think that's where, I don't know who plays there, but. See, the Seattle Mist versus the Denver Dream you get real high, legally. Go buy a bunch of pot, get real high, and watch these girls play football. I don't see how that's a bad time. I I looked it up, and Loveland's very close to Denver. So, I don't know. Oh, I guess I was thinking in April, who wants to go to Denver in April? I mean, if you ski, but I... I don't know by the end of April if it's even ski weather. I don't know how Denver works, but I don't know. That gives me enough time. June 8th, I schedule a little trip. What am I doing? Somebody's got to want to go with me, right? There's got to be another pervert <laughs> that wants to come and see this. I don't see how it wouldn't be funny. And you know what I was thinking? The way everything's been going, where I keep talking about stuff, like I'm talking about Adam Susser, I'm talking about Amy Heckling, and now they're actually coming on my podcast. Well, I figure maybe if I talk about this enough, maybe somehow I can. Get in, you know, like uh, like start announcing it. <laughs> you know, like maybe, maybe I can get in the booth. uh, You know, I mean, how funny would that be? I mean, with hair, forget about it, right? Am I going to have hair by then? No, not yet. Not really. Yeah. But then maybe I won't look as Jewy uh, as and pervy with the hair. So Saturday, June 8th, what, 7 p.m. Central Time. What is that? I don't know. Oh, I guess it's 7 p.m. Central Time. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Seattle Miss versus the Denver Dream. I don't know why. I just figured, you know, go to, let's go to a place where they sell pot legally. Go and drink, smoke pot, and watch some pretty girls. Is that? Am I too old for that? I don't think so. I don't know. Doesn't sound like the worst league. Again, I, I just still can't believe it exists. So somebody's going to figure it out sooner or later and ruin our good time as this Me Too movement has ruined everything. I'm thinking about writing a book called Are We Doing This? You know, because, uh, because you know what I, you know, the, Kevin Hart is out of the Oscars because he, said you know, quite frankly, uh, I don't have a problem with that one. What he said is actually pretty bad. I know it's from a long time ago, but he's just like, I wouldn't want my son to be gay. Um, I'd be angry if he was gay. He, I don't think he'd say that, so... I don't know. I don't care for Kevin Hart anyway, so I don't care. But um, what Louis did, you know, I, I I like to forgive and stuff like that. But uh, what, I've, what I'm saying is, you know, they're all doing it. First, the, the Oscars, so two-faced. You know, they're all bringing up the example that they were giving Mel Gibson an award. So, yeah, you know what? Fuck you, you two-faced bastards. How can you give Mel Gibson an award? That made me so angry last year by the way, oh, uh, speaking of which, actually, um, uh, speaking of Two-Face, I I had to vote for the um, SAG Awards. Um, I was on, like, the voting committee for television. And it's funny. I realized, first of all, they give you DVDs. They give you DVDs of everything that's on Netflix, which means that everybody who's voting must be old. Like, they don't have Netflix or something. It's weird. And then you have to vote. There's, like, I've never seen anything like it. You're, I'm making the nominations before I actually vote, so you got to pick five from like a hundred names. So first of all, there's no way everybody's seen everything, and secondly, there's no way everybody's looking at all the names. So I wonder if when you get the nominations if it just comes across like all the letters, like with like Amy Adams will always be voted because she's in the A and she's at the beginning. Because there's a really long list, you got to spend time, and I think people don't. And quite frankly, I just put down everything was the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's going to win hands down because that's all I saw. And by the way, it's amazing. (laughs) Um, uh, it's it's I don't know whether I I don't think I've talked about it since I've watched it. It's really good because it was first. It was the the thing where. I was joking, like I was just kidding that I was watching it. And then it turned out it was really good and entertaining and a little bit scary. And now I'm just, I am just—I do miss um, Salem because he was amazing. What's a cat I have to do around here to get something dead? Salem, you've had enough to eat already. No offense, but you're turning into a furry blimp. Warm? I'm as live as a jungle cat. Besides, so far today, I've only had 10 of the 12 food groups.
1: What's left, chocolate and lard?
0: <laughs> Maybe you should try dieting, Salem.
2: I don't need to diet because I am not fat. I am big-boned. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know uh, that's Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and it's not stupid. And the best part about this chilling adventure to Sabrina is the Salem. And this is why I've had a black cat for so long, uh, you know, and I always wanted her to talk. But... um, the best part about this one is that the the cat doesn't talk, and I'll tell you something. This it's like darker. It's like like I was first watching it. I tell you, and then it just got like it. It was great. Like they get their powers from the devil, which is totally interesting. Uh, but anyway, she gets Salem, and then Salem. I like when the cat helps with the mission. Like she doesn't talk. It's not it's not a comedy, and uh, but the the cat like helps her with something, get out of trouble, and then but it's like a big goblin inside a cat. And she, you know, takes care of something. And then you just see, like, how did that happen? You just see the cat walking around the dead body going, meow. And that works for me every time. You know, I mean, how I like dog with a block. I like animals that talk. It's again, It's a puppet. I can that. We've got it full circle. I like the puppets. I like the puppets because when you're a puppet, you can take advantage of the girls. Every time I brought a girl to my apartment. I'd put on a little puppet show, and I'd be, again, if you take the blue pill, you will wake up in your bed just like nothing ever happened. If you take the red pill, you'll see how far the rabbit hole goes down your vagina. And that's when I put it to them in a puppet show, and they think it's adorable, that's why they don't mind drinking the magic elixir that helps me rape the ladies. I love rape. I love rape, and I hope I get raped in jail because I love rape so much. It's a good time for everybody to tell out rape once in a while with the gentle bullying. So, you know. I don't know. I'm thinking of that song for some reason. It's so gay. Hooray for Hollywood. It was in the Oscars, and it's just so. Um, there's just no other word for it except gay.
1: That's who we, bally, who we
2: Where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic, but just a good-looking pan. Where any office boy or a mechanic can be a panic. <clears> Homo. <throat> um. Of course. What what is the uh, the, the the Mel Brooks? Uh, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> what is the one? Oh, um, it's from uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh, the French Mystique, right? Or the French? Isn't that what it is? <laughs>
1: Take out your tush, hands on your hips. Give them a push. you'll be surprised. You're doing the French mistake, voila! All right, cut! Wrong! Wrong! <laughs> okay, just
0: watch me. I guess you wouldn't be able to it's
2: do so this simple. anymore. Watch me, you faggots.
0: Mary's. Give me
1: the playback and... Watch me, faggot! Throw out
0: your hands, stick out your tush, hands on your hips, give them a push. You'll be surprised you're doing the French mistake, voila! Shit. Have you got
2: it? Yes! yes. Sounds like
0: steam escaping.
2: Oh, that movie's amazing, but I wonder how all this will pan out. What are they going to just not air blazing saddles anymore? I mean... What what's what's going to be the bottom line here? You know, are you, are you not going to be able? I mean, do you know that when they air Blazing Saddles on AMC, they don't use the N word? Do you know how wrong that is? the The whole purpose is to it, they're missing the whole point of the movie of why it's important. Uh, I hate that stupid AMC. They cut everything. How can they call again? We've talked about this. before. How can he call an American movie classic and then keep editing? Then I guess it's not that much of a classic, is it? Screw you, AMC! How are ya? Well, let's see. Well, I guess this is what I've been editing with lately. Oh, it's got the lyrics god i remember singing this when i was a kid i saw this this is from buck rogers of the 25th century i saw it in the, i saw it the goddamn drive-in when i was a kid before it was a tv series and i remember it really well it's kind of weird i thought the drive-in it was a double feature with jaws i believe first time i saw jaws and then i realized hey this movie's not as scary as i thought it was it's all in your mind and it's really good but uh yeah, classic. Buck Rogers. That's what we've been ending with lately. I don't know. I'll find something else to end with. As we press on to 2019, this is our final episode of the new year. I hope everybody had a great time listening to these. the Especially the last six weeks, we've had lots of interesting guests and good times. And the new year's supposed to bring even better ones. I mean, our two white whales, Adam Schlesinger and hopefully Amy Heckerling in January. I mean, that's seriously, you guys know. Uh, it's going to be pathetic the way I'm acting around her. I mean, seriously, she might as well be Harrison Ford at this point, because, I mean, she directed Fast Times at Richmond High. I mean, come on, guys, guys. I mean, guys, come on. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm going to give? I'm going to say, hey, Amy, you want some iced tea? I got some great iced tea. I wonder if she'd be like, oh, I know what you're doing. Or she'd be like, I don't understand what's happening here. That was, like, from 30 years ago. And I would say... Amy, this is what we do on the podcast. We talk about things from thirty years ago and from twenty years ago. Or just clueless already thirty years old. I don't know. Anyway I hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas time. A wonderful New Year's. Don't get depressed. I'm gonna try not to, of course, you know, my gambling problem's getting out of control, so that's always a bad time of the year for me. But I'm gonna try not to get depressed. I'm gonna try and come back twenty nineteen. Better than ever, although I don't see how I can get better than the last six episodes we've done which been crazy. Well, we'll have good times in store and uh, fun times ahead for 2019, even though the odd years tend to be not as good. I don't know. Well, that's what my mother always said. But she's crazy. So 2019, we forge ahead. I hope really everybody has a wonderful holiday season and a little bit of time off. And I will see you bright and early in the beginning of January of 2019. Everybody, thank you for a lovely podcasting year, 2018. I had a great time bringing all the way up to our 200. We want to be doing it four years now. Bringing over 200 episodes to you and keeping it coming. I'll see you, everybody, in 2019 on the night fly with Dave Juskow. Good on everybody.